0: Wife, to come this morning and to do an overview of what happened this week so that that we can catch the men up on what's just happened to the ladies. So, won't you welcome somebody that I've known for many, 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 many years, my best friend in the whole world, Adonica. Come, baby. we thank you right now for your presence, for everything you've already done for us. Lord, I ask you to anoint my lips today to speak your word. And I ask you to anoint every ear to hear what you are saying and every heart to receive everything that you have for them. Lord, I thank you that we walk in your wisdom as we pursue your righteousness. Father, I thank you that we are blessed to be a blessing to the nations of the world. Thank you that we are your church. We are your people. We are your covenant people. Lord, I thank you that you do the work in us. Touch us, change us, rearrange us. That we may represent Lord, I'm looking for the word, adequately, (laughs) but not just adequately, represent well you to the world, for we are your representatives, we are your ambassadors. Lord, I thank you that you are so good and gracious, that you bless us, you make us a blessing, Then we are able to bless, and then you bless us some more, and we bless, and you bless us some more. Lord, we can never thank you for all your goodness and graciousness toward us, but we, our heart is to serve you with all of our heart, to allow you to have your will in your way, to bring you glory every day in everything that we say and that we do. We worship and honor you today. And thank you, Lord, that you help us to be everything that you've called us to be. And that when we see you, we will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And we worship you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just give him a shout of praise right now. Say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to do my best to encapsulate, you know, the whole weekend into, into just... A little space of time. But what the Lord laid on my heart was that scripture specifically directed at ladies, but the word used there could applies also in other scriptures, and so the men can receive it as well. Amen. You're not exempted, men. You're include, included in on this. So I'm gonna to try to make this Amen. apply to everybody. <laughs> Proverbs 31, verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is above rubies. And that word virtuous there, the male version would be valor. So a woman of virtue and a man of valor. That has everything to do with character and godly character. So Jesus saves us out of the the world and the mess of the world and where we were and He puts us back on our feet. He washes us clean, forgives us of our sin. And the Bible talks, uses that scripture, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So let me define salvation for you. First of all, the moment that you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are born again. Again. And that's why religion does not work. You can go to church your whole life and still split hell wide open because it's not about rituals. It's about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about bowing your knee and making Him the Lord and Savior of your life. Amen. And when you do that, the Bible promises that He's going to do an actual miracle in your heart. Amen. Think about it. It's an actual miracle that takes place in your heart. When you are... You re- your spirit is recreated. You are a new creature. You don't get to the gates of heaven when you die and then your good and your bad is weighed. And if your good outweighs your bad, maybe Peter will let you in as he stands at the gate, as religion has represented. No, you are either born again, your spirit is made new, a new creature, or you are not a new creature. If you are a new creature, when you when this earth suit dies, when this body dies, you will go immediately into the presence of God. If you're heart, if your spirit is not born again, you have no rights upon which to stand. You you, you don't have the right clothing. You don't have the robe of righteousness. You cannot stand. Sin cannot stand in the presence of God, and you're going to go straight to hell. And that is why, that is our job, to preach the gospel, so that people know that they have a choice to make, and that there's heaven to gain and hell to shun. Amen. Hallelujah. So it begins with being born again, and then we need to, the working out of our salvation, because salvation is for you, spirit, soul, and body, and so we have to walk it out in our life in righteousness, being purified by the Word of God. We have to have our minds renewed by the Word. Amen. And so there's a process that we go through when we see Jesus we will be like him. Until then, we are a work in progress. So it's our job to submit to the process. It's our job to submit to the Word of God. It is our job to build character in our life with the help of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So this virtuous woman is, first of all, a woman of character. As I shared with The ladies, she she seems like almost an impossible standard to live up to, but she was also one of us. She was also young. She was also newly married. She was. She also. She had to grow into her stature. She had to grow into what she was called to be and do and become. That was her choice. We all have a choice. You know, there's a lot of people that want to lay everything over on the Lord, and He must do everything, you, what they want to do. See, they, people want to do God's job, and they want God to do their job. We need to leave God to do His job, but we need to take care of the areas of our life. That's our life, which is our whole life. Our, ha- our life, our marriage, our house, our business, everything has to do with us. Most people would be much better off if they minded their own business. They stopped poking their nose in everybody else's business, minded their own business. Listen, there's so much we have to do. There's so much responsibility that's on our lives in every area. We don't have time to poke our nose in other people's business. We need to attend to our business, our family, our marriage, our heart. Amen. Because we found out that many, many marriages, the problem with marriages, they're each trying to change each other. They each think the other one is their problem. But when we get before God hallelujah and we get with him and we say Lord come touch me change me do the work in me then suddenly our marriage miraculously improves and so the focus is on us to make sure that our heart is right and that we do the right thing no matter what anybody else is doing no matter what anybody else chooses hallelujah So Proverbs 31, 28 through 29 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. I'm reading from the Amplified. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied. Her husband boasts of her and praises her, saying, Many daughters have done virtuously, nobly, and well with the strength of character that is steadfast in goodness, but you excel them all. That word blessed is the word asar. It's pronounced ashar. And in fact, the word asher, or the name asher, springs out of this word, osho. You can break this word down, it's translated blessed, but you can break it down into four meanings. Blessed in the conventional sense of the word, right? So fortunate, happy, successful, prosperous. It also means to be straight, to be level, used of a straight way. Hence of what is upright, to be honest, to be righteous, to be upright and erect, firm and strong. And the Talmud says, it, it, it says, from whence comes the signification of fitness and strength in the Talmud. Then to go straight, on a straight way, to go on, to set right, generally to go, to walk, to advance, to make progress and to go forward. It also means to lead straight, to guide and to set right. And when I was meditating on this, the Lord gave me, he just opened it up to me and showed me that God has blessed us, so that we can be right, we need to be right, we need to go right, and we need to lead right. That is your job as a believer, as a Christian, as a father, as a mother, as a minister. Each and every one of us, it's our job to be right before God, as God measures rightness, not man. I don't need to please no man except my husband, I please the Lord. If the Lord is pleased with me, that's all that matters. If the Lord is pleased with you, amen, that's all that matters. But if, you, if you're pleasing the Lord, you're not gonna violate any of his commandments, and you're not gonna be treating other people badly, and you're not gonna be, because there's a lot of people that please themselves and think that they're pleasing the Lord. Amen. But we need to please the Lord, and if we're pleasing to the Lord, we will be a humble servant leader in the kingdom and in whatever realm that God has uh, put us into, whatever responsibilities that he has given us. So, first of all, we are just blessed, blessed, every which way we are blessed. The awesome thing about when God gives us responsibilities and he asks us to do something, he doesn't give it to us without giving us also the equipment to do it and the ability to do it. Um, As I told the ladies, I've never felt ready to do anything the Lord called me to do. Are you kidding me? Standing up here in front of talking to people here and all over the world, that was not in my comfort zone at all and not what I wanted to do. But the Lord will raise you up to do what He's called you to do if you will just submit to Him and let Him do that. Amen? And so, uh, I always prayed, Lord, I know what You've called me to do. I don't feel that I'm ready to do it, but I ask You to do that work in my heart. Prepare me and make me ready and able to obey You and to do what You want me to do. And really, each and every one of us needs to, because some of us are born with oodles of self-confidence, but the problem is if you trust in your own ability, you're going to fail, and so it's actually better to be a little bit like, ooh, I don't know if I can do this, but then make sure that you don't try, again, trying to go in your own confidence, because you don't even have any, and there you go. Oops, now we're littering, anyways. At least when we're inside, it's not so breezy. (laughs) Thank you, Yolanda. Thanks. I'll just shove him here. Okay. So, whatever we do, we don't do it in our ability, but we do it in the Lord's. And that's not just getting up to preach, but it's just in our everyday life. Hallelujah. But we are equipped to do it. He has equipped us fully to do it. So, to be straight, if I can summarize, you know... This word virtuous means might, efficiency, wealth, army, ability, wealth, and force. We have an army on our side. Hallelujah. We've got the power of God. We've got an army of angels. (laughs) But we have, in other words, we are equipped to do what we need to do, fully equipped. I love that this word virtue has to do also with with blessing in every way. It's its efficiency, it's strength, but it also has to do with wealth and and prosperity. Everything God does is over-the-top blessing. And it's such a lie of the enemy that he has tried to keep the church in poverty and in a poverty mentality. When God has so blessed us, God created this entire universe. We are his crowning creation. He created this entire universe for us, put us in the middle of it. And it all belongs to us. It does not belong to the devil or his people. It belongs to God's people. Amen. And we are prosperously, overabundantly, surplus of prosperity, windows of heaven blessed to be a blessing. Not to selfishly heap it up, but to share and to be a blessing. So this woman understands her covenant with God. Each and every one of us, men and women, we need to understand our covenant with God. The basis of her whole life and her accomplishments is her relationship with the Lord. So Proverbs 31 is not just about her works, but it's about her walk with God. None of us is truly prosperous until we have trusted the Lord and done what He has told us to do. Amen. He's the one that gives us the power to enable us to fulfill our role with excellence. God gives us His grace, His peace, His strength, His favor. So our foundation must be in the Word of God and we must be yielded fully to the Holy Spirit we have to lean on him for his direction and his ability this Proverbs 31 woman she earned all her accolades and her honors because she took the talents that God gave her she applied effort and diligence and she multiplied them so God has given each and every one of us talents and we have to apply effort and diligence and multiply them we've got to believe God's word to us Deuteronomy 28 says, "If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all His commandments which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you, if you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord your God. So He will bless us, but we have to obey His voice. Amen. We have to be, we have to have integrity. We have to be trustworthy." We have to also be diligent and hardworking. We have to apply ourselves. Romans 8, uh, 29 through 30, says, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be called the firstborn among many, many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Who he called, he justified. Who he justified, he glorified. A lot of people use that scripture to say that only, only, you know, there's only certain people that are chosen to be born again and go to heaven, and some people are not. That is absolute hogwash because the Bible tells us that God is not willing that any should perish. But everyone should come to know the saving grace of God. But what it's trying to say there is that we are to be conformed to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. In Romans 12, it says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You have to know who you belong to. Hallelujah. So we need to be conformed to the image of Jesus. We need to be be renewed in our mind. We need to know who we belong to. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Don't you know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary, the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you, whom you whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made His own. So then honor God and bring glory to Him in your body. And then 1 Corinthians 7, 23, you were bought with a price, purchased with the preciousness paid for by Christ. Then don't yield up yourself and become in your own estimation slaves to men, but consider yourself a slave to Christ. So your redemption is priceless. You could never, ever, 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 ever afford it. Not one, not the richest person in the world could afford one drop of the blood of Jesus, and that is why it is given as a free gift. You don't earn it by your good works. It's a free gift. You have to accept it humbly. Once you've been born again, on the other hand, then you need to work to please God. Again, our good works are not to earn God's favor, but just to please Him. So we don't work to just, you know, hopefully try to get into heaven, that He'll excuse us and excuse our bad behavior for our good outweighing the bad. But no, we we, we don't serve Him out of fear. We serve Him out of joyfulness and thankfulness for the grace that He has extended toward us, that free gift of salvation. So we are, we are made righteous, and now our heart is changed. We are not of the world. We are in the world. We, belong, we are God's children, and we live to please Him. And God's grace, again, the grace of the Holy Spirit, God's grace is not to, to cover up your sin and excuse your sin. If people preach it that way, it's total garbage. God gives us His grace by His Holy Spirit to help us to serve God because your flesh doesn't want to serve God and your mind, without being renewed, cannot serve God. The Bible says the carnal mind, carne meaning meat, your meathead cannot and will not be submitted or obey God's law. So we have to be born again and then we have to renew our carnal mind. And we have to train our senses to know the difference between right and wrong. And we need to choose every day to obey God's word and put our flesh under. So we belong to him. We were bought by him. We don't look like the world. We don't act like the world. And we don't look to them as our example. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Psalm, Psalm 1 says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous is the man who walks and lives, not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But he delights and desire in the law of the Lord, and on his law and his precepts, instructions, and teachings, he habitually meditates, <clears throat> ponders, and studies by day and by night, and he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water ready to bring forth fruit in season. His leaf won't wither. Everything he does will prosper and come to maturity. So we don't walk with the sinners, paying attention to what they say. Some of us need to just turn a stupid television off because it's full of sinners telling us what they think. Well, guess what? We don't follow what they think. We don't follow their opinion. We don't take our counsel and advice from them. Because if you do, the Bible says you're walking, walking with the sinners, you're listening to them, you're letting them influence you, and then before you know it, you're standing. What is that? Submissive, inactive. Those thoughts start, you allow those thoughts in your mind. They start taking over your mind. You start doubting. You start not believing. Suddenly you're believing what the devil says, and you're not believing what, God says, and this happens even to Christians, if you can believe that. They start off great, and then they start listening to stupid people, ungodly people, foolish people, because the Bible says anybody who won't receive correction is a fool, and a fool has said in his heart, there is no God, so the counsel that, that, you know, it's a form of wisdom, it sounds wise, but it's foolishness with God. So we don't listen to their counsel. Their counsel is not going to take you on the path you want to go. Their counsel is not going to take you to heaven. Their counsel is going to take you to the gates of hell. Amen. We don't listen to sinners. And then we're standing there, submissive and inactive. Now they've taken over. Now they're not just here on the outside speaking to us. We allow that mess into our ears. Then suddenly it starts taking over our thoughts and we're standing still. What's the next progression? Sitting in the seat of mockers. We become one of them. We, can, we cannot let our guard down. We cannot close our eyes to the Word of God and, and focus on the world, what they're doing and what they're saying, because we're going to end up being one of them. What, garbage in, garbage out, whatever you feed yourself. And you know, sometimes adults, we watch what, what comes in through our mind and our eyes and our, our ears to our heart. We don't protect our children. You have to understand, in the olden days... Your kids went to school. You had to be concerned with what the teacher was teaching them and the children that they were around and who their friends were and who was, whose yard they were in and playing and who was in your yard. <clears throat> These days, the world is in your living room and in your, in your bedroom and in your bathroom and everywhere in your house through the Internet. You have to protect your eyes, your ears, and you have to protect your children's eyes and ears. You're not a bad parent to say no to your children. No, no devices. No. You're not a bad parent. You're a good parent. You're protecting them. The devil wants your kid and wants to destroy their life. And it's your job not to allow that to happen. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do all the people that create these devices, like the Steve Jobs of the world and and, and, uh, Gates, they don't let their kids have access to all of this stuff. That should tell you something. Hello? Hello? Amen. So we have to protect our heart and we have to focus on what the Word of God is saying, not what the devil is saying. Amen. I need a better amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That word blessed that we're talking about, be straight, go straight, lead straight, it's in Proverbs 9, And verse 6, and it says, go in the way of understanding. In Proverbs 23, 19, it says, guide your heart on the ways. That word go and guide is the same word, Or sure. Go in the way of understanding. Guide your heart on the way. So we need to go and be guided on the way of understanding. And in the things of God and not in the things of the world. Hallelujah. Now, I ministered this in the context of the woman, but this applies to men as well. This woman, she makes progress. She's going forward, why? Because she works hard. You have to work hard. You have to set a high standard for yourself. She also, she buys quality goods, and she makes quality goods, and she sells quality goods. The Lord will bless your business if you are faithful in business, and you focus on quality, and you focus on giving people what they need and want and meet their needs. There's people that do everything cheaply and they want to charge top dollar for it. They do a crummy job and they want to charge a lot of money. You need to, m- people need to feel like they're getting some value. If you, give, if you are valuable and you give value to people, God will bless and prosper you. Amen. God hates an unjust weight and balance. So be faithful in your business. Be honest in your business. Bless people in your business and God can, will still prosper and bless you. He's not asking you to make your product for free and give it away. No, but you, you can charge for it. You charge, charge for it, but give people a quality product. Amen. And we can, you can believe God to give you creativity, open doors, make a way for you to... You know, my, I'm, I'm so glad my dad always raised us with, like, you know, life is an empty cup, you have to fill it. And he told us, Get, it, get yourself an education and work hard. Don't wait for somebody else to do it for you. Get an education, educate yourself, work hard. A lot of people don't want to get themselves, they don't want to educate themselves, and they still want to make a lot of money. How are you going to make money if you don't educate yourself in the area that, that you're called to, or that you're working in? So edu- learn everything that you can, and then work hard. Give it all you've got, do a good job. Amen. And he also said, own your own business. So that's your goal, to own your own business. But you can't own your own business if you're a lazy person. I'm sorry. Some people are just flat delusional. They're lazy, and then they want you to, oh, please pray for for a business for me and bless my business. How can God bless your business if you're not at your business? You need to be doing your business. He blesses the work of your hands. Amen. So she's productive. She's also prepared and organized. We need to be organized. We need to be prepared. We need to have a plan. Amen. Her husband is influential and esteemed. They're a good team. She does her part. He does his part. He takes care of his part. He's a godly man. He's a man of character. She's a godly woman, a woman of character. They work together. They honor one another. They love one another. They respect one another. They treat each other well. The Bible says that the heart of her husband trusts in her. She does him only good and not evil all the days of her life. So I said this to the ladies too. Can you imagine if our marriage got into a blessing cycle instead of a blame cycle, instead of a criticism cycle, if we just outdid ourselves trying to be a blessing to our spouse, we try to bless them more than they bless us, and they're trying to bless us more than, more than we bless them, wouldn't that be an awesome marriage? Amen. And any relationship can be like that. If we will just look to be a blessing, and, you, and people go, well, but you don't understand, but they, but she, but he, but... When you stand before the Lord, there's going to be no but he, but she, and they, and you don't know what they did to me. There's going to be none of that. You're going to have to stand there and give an account for your own attitude and your thoughts and your words and your actions. Amen. So I don't care what happened in the past. I don't care who he said, she said, what they did. Today, you're going to be a grown-up. You're going to put your big girl and boy pants on, and you're going to take accountability for your own life. Amen. All right. We're giving you the spanking now. We'll give you the hug later. So the secret is always to be reverently and worshipfully honoring and fearing the Lord and being a doer of His Word. That is the secret to your favor on your life, to the increase on your life, and to the blessing on your life. Hallelujah. I love this verse. It says, In Psalm 115, verse 13 through 15. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Wow. The Lord that made heaven and earth is the one that's blessing us. The one that made heaven and earth. May you be blessed by that God who is the only one, the creator who made heaven and earth. How can you not be blessed when the God of heaven and earth is blessing you? Amen. Let's tap into that blessing. Let's tap into that super abundant, awesome, wonderful blessing. So then we are called, so then we said, be straight, go straight, to lead straight. It's our job to lead others. You know, the Bible talks about People who uh, should already be ministering to other people and they still need to be ministered to. And you get a lot of people like that. They're big fat babies. They've been saved a while, but in the spirit, they're wearing a diaper and sucking on a binky. And they still want other people to do everything for them. And they're life suckers and they'll come and drain you. And you have to, oh, please pray for me again. Oh, no, that, that one didn't work. Pray for me again. No, no, I didn't get it. Can you pray for me again? No, you big fat baby. Go get in the Word. Sort your attitude out. Get with God. And go get it for yourself. Because while you're wallowing in your self-pity and feeling sorry for yourself, there's a world going by you that's not saved and needs to get saved. And they're going to hell. And God wants to use you. He wants to raise you up. He wants to sanctify and redeem your past. God said that He will make it up, he will, he will restore everything the canker worm and the palmer worm has destroyed. So you heard the ladies here sharing just a couple of them, but we had so many testimonies whose lives could have been destroyed because of things that have happened to them. And they made a decision, Lord, I'm not going to live like this. I'm asking you to deliver me, and you see the the, the joy and the beauty and the the strength that comes. And God is raising them up. And so the, the terrible things that happen to us, we can only use those for, to have compassion and to have a testimony to tell other people, I understand how you feel. I've been through that. Let me tell you what God did for me and let me tell you what God can do for you. So you, the, your past, none of that is wasted. None of that is a, It has to be a mess that holds you back from your future. But it can be something that you can use. Even dumb stuff you've done. Don't let that hinder you. Now go before God and repent of it. Let Him forgive you and pick you up. And that be like a, some humility in your life. Well, yes, I was a big mess, but, but don't let the devil hold that against you, right? When he tries to, if you've been forgiven and he brings your, your past and your mess up, you can just say, you can't, don't get all defensive. Just say, yes, I am a big mess, but thank God He forgave me. And I'm not standing here on the power of my mess. I'm standing here in the power of His forgiveness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, because the devil wants to keep us trapped in that cycle of guilt and condemnation and feeling sorry for ourselves. when Jesus wants to put us back up on our feet and see ourselves through his eyes. We need to see ourselves through God's eyes, not through man's eyes, not even through your own eyes, but through God's eyes. So as believers, we are positioned to lead because of the call on our life. We are in a position of blessing and we are in a position of influence. Let us not waste it. Let us not waste it. Let us use our position of blessing and influence to be a blessing. And you don't have to be a preacher or call to the five-fold ministry, as we found out. Thank God, in this church, this church is full of soul winners. Amen, hallelujah. Even the littlest among us, our children go out into the malls. Their parents take them with our, and they, they go into the malls and, they, and wherever they go on the streets. And they, they go winning people to Jesus. You know, I thought it was so precious. We, I remember back in the day, there was a lady gave a testimony in the one church and she said they were going soul winning. And there was a couple of guys standing there, big, mean-looking, tattooed guys. So she hesitated to go up to them. She was, they looked a little intimidating. But her little kid didn't have any such reservations. Little girl, she just walked straight up to this big intimidating guy and started reading the script to him. And you know that he stopped and he responded and he received Jesus. So sometimes it's going to take a little kid who hasn't talked himself out of the blessing of the Lord yet. Amen or has all those negative arguments in their head. They just see a soul and they go get them. So we need to be like little kids. Amen. This power in our prayers, hallelujah, we have the name above every name, Jesus Christ. When we pray, heaven moves. God is watching the righteous. God's eyes are over us all the time. He's not watching the unrighteous. They are, they're on their own. But God is watching the right. He's watching, watching, watching. In fact, the Bible says His eyes are moving across the earth. He's looking, He's looking. Who can I bless? Who can I help? Who can I be, who, who can I... Who can I protect? Who can I show myself strong in their life? Who can I? He's looking for you. He's looking for somebody to bless and to show himself strong in their in their behalf. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Who's looking for me? But he's looking for people that are looking for him. Amen. And so, his eyes are looking for us and his blessing is on us and when we pray he hears us. God doesn't fail. We fail. When we pray uh, 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 if that be thy will, prayer. Lord, if you feel like it. Lord, if, if oh, if only, prayer. No. You get the scripture, whatever. You, you have to be praying a scripture, right? You can't just pray out of the book of your imagination. You've got to have a scripture. Find a scripture for your situation. Pray the scripture. God tells us he's faithful to his promises. So we go find what the promise is, and then we go pray that. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. We pray it in faith. Then we don't rip our seed out of the ground by doubt and unbelief. Listen, you can have faith in your heart and still have an argument in your head. And just tell your head, shut up. And when the doubt and unbelief tries to come on you, you pray that prayer in faith, you just start praising. The devil hates that. He's going to leave the premises. Praise you, Father. I worship you. I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you that you keep your word. I thank you that you, you, you're going to take me over and I'm not going to go under. And thank you that you are faithful. I thank you, Lord, that this is what I've asked for. And I thank you that it's on its way to me right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the moment we pray, the Bible says, the moment we pray, we have it. Do we have it in the natural? No, but we have it in the spirit. Therefore, it's as good as we have it. And so our faith and our and our. our Continue trusting Him. Keep believing Him because there's, there's maybe a time frame. Some things come quickly. Some things take a little longer. It doesn't matter. That's, <clears throat> the time frame's not our business. Neither is where it comes from. <clears throat> Don't decide where it's going to come from. Don't decide how it's going to happen. Leave that open to the Lord. He's going to surprise you. He loves surprising you. Do you know that word where it says, I'll overtake you with, with blessing? That word overtake has the connotation of suddenly. Suddenly. The blessings of God are suddenly, Amen, Hallelujah. And it's 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 not really like when the le- when you least expect it. We need to expect, but we need to leave the timetable up to the Lord and the direction of where it comes from up to the Lord. But you just keep praising and worshiping Him, and your faith and your praise basically reaches out in the spirit, if you can imagine that, grabs it and pulls it here into the realm of reality where you see it, Hallelujah. So don't let the devil steal your harvest after you've prayed. Keep praying. Then, So example, uh, uh, our job is to pray. Our, our job is to be an example. People must see Jesus in us. So we, uh, there's a saying that says, be the person you want your children to be. Amen. Because they'll learn a little bit from what you say. They'll learn more from what you do, but everything from who you are as a person. So don't be a hypocrite in front of your children. Don't preach a word to them and then you don't live it. Don't preach on love and then you're sitting in the car cursing out the person because they took your parking space or cut you off. Can you say amen O oh me? And if you do it, just repent immediately to your children. Amen. Don't live in condemnation. The Lord will forgive you. <laughs> so you have to encourage people. Lift them up. Give them hope. Share the gospel. We're called to be encouragers, lifters up. He's the glory and the lifter of our head, and it's our job to lift other people up. In our family, in our, ch- in our church, in our job, everywhere. And listen, it's got to start in your family. We start with our family. As as I shared with the ladies, the way that our society goes is the way that the family goes. And that's why the devil is attacking family. He's trying to break families up, trying to break marriages up, trying to tell people, not make them fearful of having children, having them despise children. There's hate hate in people's hearts towards children. It's awful. It's part of this whole demonic thing that the devil's trying to do. But we're going to, listen, we're occupying until he comes, not on our watch. Amen. And so these people that are aborting babies, they're trying to abort them right up until the moment before they take their first breath. Even trying to pass laws that you can, you know, kill them after, afterwards if you don't want them. They're putting, pushing euthanasia laws for the, for the old people and the sick people. And But you know what? The majority, of if you, if you follow, if you track that and you follow, and you'll see the majority of people that are euthanizing are not people that fit into the category that they claimed when they pushed the whole euthanasia thing through. They're euthanizing people without their permission. There was one lady in Europe, she, she had lost her mind a little bit, she was going through depression, she wasn't very well, and blah, blah, blah. And her family signed off on it. And she was screaming, no, 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 and they murdered her. That's where it's going, people. They have no respect for life. And then in that culture, children are the one that gets children are the one that gets crunched in the wheels. So it's not about the law, it's not about what's right, it's not about protecting, it's about feelings. Oh, the people's feelings. Don't hurt their feelings. Well, guess what? Your feelings will take you straight to hell. Because your feelings come out of that soulish area, out of the, what does the Bible talk about? The lusts of the flesh. That stuff has a curse on it. We can't follow. If we follow the, it's bondage. Sin is bondage. It's not freedom. The world tells you. it's Feel free to indulge yourself in whatever sin you feel like indulging in. People have this permissive, I'll accept your perverted sin, you, just ac- you, you accept my perverted sin, and don't tell me it's wrong, pat me on the back and tell me how wonderful I am. You can say amen or oh me. Marginalized people. Am I scratching in somebody's kitty litter box? So we have gotta feel sorry for these guys who don't know what they are. Trying to dress up like a woman and take a woman's place. You will never take a woman's place. I don't care who you are. You cannot replace us. We are created in the image of God. And you're jealous and you're full of the devil and you need to get set free. Amen. And they're coming in and taking the prize for women of the year. Coming in and, and what have they done? Put a little bit of lipstick and makeup on and dress in a dress. And then they come and say, oh, hey, I'm a woman and be, whip all the women in the women's sports because they're full of testosterone and we ain't. And then they're a rapist and so they, they, trans, they, they decide they're going to, oh, I'm, I'm going to transition to a woman and they shove them in a woman's prison. Are you kidding me? It is our job to protect the innocent. It is our job to protect those that are vulnerable. It is our job to protect those who can't protect themselves. I didn't plan to say that but I thought you know what I might as well since I'm here You have to stand for something or you're going to fall for everything So we're going to call it what it is it's unrighteousness There's only two genders There's many 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 sexual deviations and perversions Let's give it its right name Don't call it a gender don't try and sanitize your sin Don't try and put a nice name on it Sin is sin and the wages of sin is still death. And you might be a pervert, but we love you and we don't want you to go to hell. So we're going to tell you the truth. It's not because we have hate in our heart, but that is unrighteousness. And what they're doing to the children in school is unrighteousness. Transitioning them without their parents' um, involvement or knowledge. Unrighteous. They're trying to ca- basically castrate an entire generation. So with abortion, with the transgender, with the whole homosexual agenda, this whole thing, it is for population reduction. They don't love you. They don't care about you. The the media might applaud you and they might say you're wonderful. They don't. They actually hate you. There are people who hate people because they're full of the devil. The devil hates people because he hates God and God adores you. God thinks you're awesome. You're made in His image. You weren't made to degrade yourself in sin. He didn't make you to degrade yourself with sin. He didn't make you to degrade others by your sin and hurt and harm them. Jesus gave us two commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is our job, to love and honor God and to love our neighbor. Hallelujah. To love people. Listen, if those people come in that have been all messed up by the world, you know what? We don't refuse them. We receive them. Put our arms around them and cry over them. Because, God, because of what the devil has done. But they need to hear the truth that there's a Jesus, there's a heaven and a hell and there's Jesus to save them. Hallelujah. And they don't need to live in that torment. You know, they're trying to say, well, you have to let them transition or they're going to commit suicide. No, 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 no. The suicide rate for those who have transitioned is much, much higher because they suddenly wake up and, and smell the coffee and go, what did I do? So they're trying to mute the voices now, but there's many young people that are standing up. Now there's some that are starting to sue the hospital. Uh, Sue the hospital because they cut their body parts off and transition them with, they don't even counsel them. Barely any counseling. Not even, oh, I think I'm a boy. Okay, here you go. Here's some hormones. Let's cut everything off. I think I'm a girl. I just cut everything off. It's an agenda and it's demonic. Amen. And if the church doesn't speak out about it, who's going to? hallelujah we are both a servant and a leader we're here to serve we have to be reliable and trustworthy amen God has to be able to rely on us Jesus said the one who's greatest among you must be your servant so we lead but we lead with humility We lead by example. We lead by teaching. We lead by showing God's love to the world. The measure of your character and your spiritual walk is the measure of how much love that you walk in. Now, listen, I love people, and I love them so much I want to see them set free. So don't think I don't love those people, but they're not going to come and destroy someone else's life. Love rejoices at what, at justice and right and when, when truth prevails. L- love does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. When somebody's m- molesting children, abusing children, cutting them, their bodies up, that is abuse, that is not right and we're not going to sanction it. We're not going to say that's okay. Amen. <laughs> love stands up for what is right and rejoices at truth, truth and justice. We can be trusted when we have developed our, our character. We have to be matured in love. First Corinthians chapter 13. We have to be patient and kind and humble, not envious, haughty, or puffed up, not conceited, not rude or unmanly, not acting unbecomingly, not insisting on our own rights or own way, not selfish or self-seeking, not touchy, fretful, or resentful. If you have being touchy, Fretful or resentful, you're not walking in the love of God. Holding no grudges or unforgiveness. Letting things go. Not taking things personally. Forgiving and releasing. Not rejoicing in injustice or unrighteousness. Rejoicing when right and truth prevail. Bearing up under anything and everything that comes. Not being weak or fearful. Having absolute trust in God's ability to take care of us and our families and everything in our life. Ever ready to believe the best of every person. Our hope's fadeless under all circumstances. Never give up, never give in. Never give up on somebody. Keep praying for them. If you have to cry over them, pray over them. You know, that song said, God saves all our tears. Those are the tears we cry and pray as we're praying for the Lord to change people's lives and change people's hearts and save them and rescue them. Amen. It's not tears of anger or rebellion, but it's tears of Faith and trust, and pouring it out on the Lord and trusting in Him. Amen. You know, I, I used to always try to be God's woman of faith and power, not cry for anything, be tough, act tough. And I remember when our daughter was born and diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, right after, right after she was born, I mean, she. The, the day after she was born, the little tummy swelled up, and they had to operate on her and we found it like all, all happened in a, in a week and um, they flew her to cape town and i didn 't see her from the Thursday to the Mondays the first time I saw her again and i 'm trying to be strong you know you just had a baby, all your hormones are upside down, and you, you know you you with everything in you, you want to protect that baby, and they took it away from you you know it's, it's you 're going through all these things and I walked in the hospital room, and there she is in the, in the incub- incubator with, that operated on her, and she had tubes coming out everywhere and needles in everywhere. And I walked in, and I just burst out crying, and I just wept. But it was a casting of the care over unto the Lord and giving it all And when I finished crying, a strength came in me, and I was ready to Fight fight the devil not we don't fight flesh and blood we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but all the power of the enemy and this we walk through that hospital and these little babies with cancer and babies with the outside insides outside and, and I just wanted to go in and like empty that whole hospital and so God puts a strength on the inside of us if we will lean and rely on him don't try and do it in your own strength go out and cry it out Encourage yourself in the Lord. You can't do that if you're not full of the word. That's why it's so important. Get full of the word. Know your covenant. When you have to face these things, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Not strong in your own strength. Strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And He will strengthen you. Amen. Hallelujah. He will infuse you with inner strength so that you can stand up and fight. The devil tries to back us up with fear and with discouragement and makes himself look so big. He's not big. God is big. He's a puny little punk devil. The Bible says that at the end time, people are going to look at him and go... Is this the one? Is this the one? I thought he was so big because he builds himself so big in your mind. But he's no match for the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus on the inside of you. And again, it's in his strength and ability, not in, not in ours. Without Jesus, I can't fight the devil. I, I'm, I'm helpless against him, but with Jesus, I'm, I'm powerful. I'm a powerhouse. Amen. So we believe the best of every person. Our hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. We never give up and we never give in. We never stop praying. We never stop believing. We don't let the devil win. Listen, he, he doesn't have the fruit of the spirit, spirit. He doesn't have patience. You have patience. All you've got to do is hold out longer than he can. Amen. Hallelujah. Especially if you're praying for someone else because their will is involved, but we can pray that God take the blinkers over their eyes, Open their eyes so that they can see. Because the Bible says those who, who don't believe, their eyes are blinded. The world's eyes are blinded by the devil. So we've got to pray the blinkers off for them and keep preaching the gospel to them. She keeps, we keep our eyes on God and His word. We endure everything without weakening. And God's love in us never fails. Therefore, we never fail. Amen. And then... This woman and men too can be this we're a builder not a not, not a, a person who tears down. The Bible says a wise woman builds her house, a foolish one tears it down. So we work by example. I mean we lead by example. We we lead others, we assign tasks to other people. The Lord can give you the Lord will give you employees. When you're faithful, the Lord you can have employees. You can pay someone else for their time. Amen. Even in your home. The Lord can bless you to pay for someone to clean your house so that you have more time with your husband and your kids. Amen. Because how many of you know cooking and cleaning can take up all your time? And, you, you know, it's good to learn how to do that and do it. But believe God for someone to come and clean your house so you can take, pay more attention to your kids. Amen. Her lamp doesn't go out. She's reliable and dependable. The world is looking to us. They're looking for someone they can depend on. We can be there with Comfort in the natural and the spirit for people. And then she supplies the needy. We should never forget the poor. Never forget those who don't have. Never forget those who are more needy than us. She opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom. We need to believe God for wisdom. We carry God's wisdom. We carry, you know, in your job, in everything, God can, if you trust him, promotion will come to you because the wisdom of God is on you. Your your employer, until you get your own business, you've got to work for somebody else, right? Your employer will see diligence on you. They'll see faithfulness. They'll see wisdom. They'll see a good attitude. And guess what? If they're looking for someone to promote, it's going to be you. If they're looking for somebody to give them a raise, it's going to be you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then this woman looks well to the ways of her household. So for men and women, we need to mind our own business, make sure that everything in our house and our heart And everything that pertains to us is as it should be. And not be judging everybody else and looking at what everybody else is doing. But make sure that we're taking care of our own business. Because while we're poking our nose in everybody else's business, the devil's messing up ours. So don't give him that opportunity. Then the qualities of a healthy church is everybody taking responsibility and doing what's right. The older and the younger... So as representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ, we set the example and people are watching us. And it's not, we do what's right, not merely because people are watching us. We do right because it is right. We are in a position of leadership, whether we like it or not. People are watching you, whether you like it or not. And so Titus uh, chapter two says, as for you, verse one, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love and in patience. The older men... The older women likewise, they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not gossipers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they admonish the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. You know, the new rebellion, guess what the new rebellion is? Getting married in this culture. The new rebellion is having children. The new rebellion is having lots of children. Amen. The new rebellion is treating your husband with respect, loving your wife. We're rebelling against this world's culture, if you can use that word. I really like the word rebel. But that's the new rebellion. I'm watching. I was telling the ladies, I'm watching these Instagram accounts of all these young ladies. They're having five kids, six kids, 10 kids, 15 kids. They're posting things like, I honor my husband. I respect my husband. I'm proud of being a homemaker. Amen. Hallelujah And they have property and they have farms and they have animals and they have their own business, and they're raising their kids. I think it's awesome. Hallelujah. We might look at the news and might look at what all these silly people are doing on TV and lose faith in this generation of, "Oh my Lord, what are we leaving to? What are they going to When we go? what are they going to do? But listen, there's hope. There's always hope. Wherever the devil's trying to move, God's grace much more abounds. Hallelujah. And God is raising up a younger generation that is sick and tired of all the garbage, and they want what's real, and they want righteousness. They want to believe in something that's good and right. They want to stand up for something that's good and right, and they want to lead faithfully and honestly and diligently, and I think is awesome. Hallelujah. And so we're there to encourage them. We're there to be an example to them, and we're there to cheer them on. So I have hope. Never, ever. The devil always thinks he's won. He's never won. He's a big fat loser. He's never. He's not a winner. God will always win. He'll always find someone else. And if and if the older people get all compromised and and whatever and preaching nonsense and, and preaching agreeing with whatever the world says, God's going to raise up a younger generation that are going to preach the uncompromised gospel. Hallelujah. And I think we have got a few in this room. Do we have a few in this room? Amen. Hallelujah. So, so the woman to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their, own hu- to their own husbands, not everybody else's husband, your own husband, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, and incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who has an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Hallelujah. So let me just say this, Um, there's there's a lot of good ladies and they're looking for a few good men. And I wanna tell you right now, the world is trying to emasculate the men, but we have to redeem them. We need our men to be men, amen. We need them to stand up to take responsibility and be godly men, to to manifest self-control in their life and to have respect for women, and we need to just generally become more respectful toward one another. And that's how we build a strong culture. That's how we build strong families. You see, a strong nation begins, as I started saying, in the family. If you, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. Really, the way the church goes primarily is the way the culture goes. So if the church is weak and wishy-washy and compromised, then that's the way that the nation is going to go. And it is the church that gives people the direction and the correction and gives them the word of God that enables them to have a healthy family. How can you have a healthy family until you're healthy? So, back in the day when everybody, just about everybody went to church, families were stronger. You know what they had to do? They had to break people's belief in God off of them, remove that, rob them from that to break up the families and they did it in every which way that they could. So, what we need to do is we need to be the ones, and you might think, well, I'm so small, just me, just my family. Listen, every family matters. If every family took care of their family and made sure their marriage was strong and made sure their kids were healthy, spirit, soul, and body, amen. If we have strong homes, and that is in our power to do, because you might look at, at what's going on in the world and how the world is mocking our own country and all of these things and think it's hopeless, no, we can take responsibility where we are right now, in our own homes, by having a godly home. And as every one of us focuses on our business, our home, what God, it, the things that God has put for us to do, our realm of responsibility, as we all do that, we build strong families, we build a strong church, and we build a strong nation, and we build a strong world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not going to let the devil have his way we are the occupiers. We are going to take over. Amen. Hallelujah. And we don't do it by militancy and war. We take it over by just being righteous and showing God's grace and his, to, to everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 112 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, delights greatly in his commandments. His, she, his seed shall be mighty on the earth. The, up, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in His house, and His righteousness endures forever. Amen. And the Bible, my Bible tells me that God's blessing endures to a thousand generations of those who love Him. Amen. The, the sin, sin goes to, the curse goes to five, four or five generations, but a thousand generations is the power of the blessing of those who love Him. Amen. I just want every head bowed and every eye closed. Right now, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you came here today and you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you and for those of you watching as well. Maybe you came here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, come and be my Lord and my Savior. But today, you want to receive him. You want to be born again. You want to come to know Jesus. If I can ask you guys, everybody, a favor to sit down. To stop moving around and sit down except the workers. If that's okay. Keep your eyes closed, your head bowed right now. The Lord is dealing with people. Father, I thank you for everybody in this place. Everybody watching right now. And Lord, I thank you that not one will go from here, not having received you as Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, you take the blinders off of people's eyes. I thank you that you touch their heart. Devil, you will not lie to them, but I thank you, Father, that each and every one of them will come to know you. And if there's any person here, that's you. you. You don't know Jesus, You've never asked Him to be Lord of your life. You can't fix yourself. You can't do it yourself. It comes by surrender. You have to surrender your life to Him. If you could have fixed yourself, you would have done it already. We need to come to Him as we are. And He receives us as we are because He loves us so much. He loves you so much that He's standing with His arms wide open. He poured out His blood for you. That blood washes you clean. Forgives every sin. He wants to forgive your sin as far as the east is from the west. But you have to come and you have to surrender your life to Him. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. What would happen if tonight you put your head on your pillow and you never woke up tomorrow morning? If you had to go to if you had died a day, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? The Bible says that all of sin and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And He says, come to me, all you are heavy laden and burdened. I'll take your burden. I'll take your heavy burden, and I'll give you a light burden. I'll take that heavy yoke that's been on you and I'll give you a light yoke. Come and learn of me. If there's somebody here today that maybe you were once serving the Lord or maybe somebody watching once you were serving the Lord but you've grown cold and you're not serving anymore. You're not on fire like you used to be. You don't have the passion you used to have. Maybe it's because something happened in your life that was a great disappointment to you Maybe a loss in some way, maybe a divorce, or maybe a loved one died, or, or a bankruptcy, or someone disappointed you, and something that just pulled the rug out from under you. Maybe the devil lied to you, and you blame God for things that happen in your life. But you have to know that God is the giver of good gifts. He's a good God, and the devil is a bad devil. And God loves you, and He's reaching His arms out to you today, and He's saying, I forgive you. I receive you. There's nothing that you've done that could take you too far away from Him that He could not forgive if you'll just come back to Him. There's no way that you've been and nothing you've done that can prevent you from receiving His grace if you'll just come to receive it. He loves you so much. And if there's somebody here today that you don't know, you think you're a Christian think you're saved, but you're not sure for sure, you don't have that assurance in your heart that if you had to die today, you'd, you'd, go, you'd actually go to heaven. If you fit into any one of those three categories, that you've never received Jesus, or that you walked away from Him and you, you really feel like you, you really want to come back today, you want to make your, your heart right and your life right with Him. Or if you're not sure, if that's you, any one of those categories, I want you right now, wherever you are, put your hand in the air. Just shoot your hand up in the air because I want to pray with you and for you. If you're in this place today and that's you, put your hand in the air. Just wave at me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. see all those hands. Let me tell you, maybe you're sitting there and you haven't put your hand up yet. But your heart is beating really fast. Put your hand in the air right now. Just Put your hand in the air and wave it at me. Okay, I want you all to look at me right now. Anybody in this section that you haven't raised your hand but you know you need to, just put your hand up in the air right now. Come on, this is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Anybody in this middle section, if there's anybody that did not raise your hand already and you know you need to, just wave your hand at me. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody over there? Wave your hand. Wave your hand at me. Now I want you to stand to your feet right now and come. Come here, because I want to pray with you and for you. Stand up, wherever you are. If you raised your hand, if you raised your hand, stand up and come. Stand up and come. Stand up and come. Come now. Come on. Come. Come, come. that's sitting out there turn to the person next to you and ask them if you had died today do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven if they can't say to you absolutely I love Jesus with all of my heart bring them bring them listen the Lord loves you He'll, I don't care what you've been through I, I don't care what you've done the devil tried to lie to you and, and steal your life and take your life But God wants to redeem. If you're sitting there and you know you need to be up yet, get up from where you are and come. Get up. God doesn't judge you and we do not judge you. Jesus receives all. The Bible says Jesus receives all who come to Him. He receives all who come to Him. He receives all. The only thing that can hinder you is your pride. The only thing that can stop you is your pride. But He loves you. Amen. He loves you very, very much. He loves you. He loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Those of you that are up front here, I want to tell you this. There's three groups of people standing here, but we're going to pray the same prayer, right? Those who came for the first time, those who want to recommit their life and those who want to make sure. We're going to pray the same prayer because if you mean business with the Lord, He means business with you. Today's a new day. Amen. So I want you all to lift up your right hand to heaven. Close your eyes. Put your eyes on Jesus and pray this out loud with me. Father, I come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess... Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart that you raised Him from the dead. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you for coming back again for me. From this day on, I will never be the same again. Today is a new day. From this day on, I will serve you, Lord, with all of my heart. And I ask you to use me. Do your work in me. Purify my heart. And use me, Lord. Okay, I'm going to pray for you now. Father, I thank you for each and every one of these that are here. Lord, I thank you for your hand upon them. Lord, seal them by your blood and by your power. I thank you that when we stand all before you, not one will be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. Use them to impact their generation, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. Now, if you receive that, I want you to lift your hands and just thank Him. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your graciousness. Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Doctors Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.